0: Welcome to sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars sports podcast. It's Monday, March 14th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The madness has arrived. The NCAA tournament begins Tuesday with opening round games, and the first round begins on Thursday. Kansas enters the event with a number one seed in the Midwest region and opens play Thursday night in Fort Worth. The Jayhawks will play Texas Southern or Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and those teams play on Tuesday. The Kansas opener is scheduled for an 8.57 p.m. tip and will be televised by True TV. If KU advances, it'll meet San Diego State or Creighton on Saturday. That tip time won't be known until later in the week. On today's show, beat writers Gary Bedore and Jesse Newell break down the Kansas path on the bracket and how the Jayhawks are playing right now. They're coming off the Big 12 Tournament Championship and are a number one seed for the 15th time in its history only North Carolina has more top seed seasons. So let's get started talking March Madness. I'm looking at Gary Bedore and Jesse Newell on our Zoom call and guys, it's great to see you. Great to talk with you. Uh, Can't wait to jump in and discuss the NCAA tournament and KU's path on the bracket from the, the Midwest Regional. Of course, Jesse, I can't believe how much time you spent previewing the bracket and then um, and then with another story column detailing the path for Kansas and whether the Jayhawks got lucky or unlucky with their draw. How about bottom lining it for us? Did they um, lucky or no?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think there's certain years you look at this thing and you say, okay, Kansas – I mean, last year, for example – when KU had all those teams stacked up against them, including USC and then Gonzaga at the very end of the Final Four, I mean, that was that was murderers row. I mean, you really couldn't get much worse than that other than um, Kansas potentially getting an earlier or an easier team in the first round. And then Eastern Washington turned out to be not that easy with the Groves brothers doing what they did. But I mean, I kind of had a great scale on that. And I said between A and F for Kansas, I'd give this one an A. Um, there's the potential there if there's a couple upsets for the bracket to really open up for Kansas. And you know that's sometimes how big time NCAA tournament runs work is you get a good bracket, some weird things happen in a one-game sample, and all of a sudden the path is not as hard as you think. But uh, I think San Diego State's a little bit tricky in the second round for them. If San Diego State wins, again, they're going to be about a coin flip against Creighton in the first game. But um, if if you're of the mind that Kansas struggles against length and athleticism, and I think Bill Self sort of is of that mind, if you look at what they did last year against USC, this year against Kentucky, San Diego State has that. I mean, they have length, they uh, get after you, they get steals, they get blocks, so they really, really struggle offensively, but if you're into the matchup type of thing, that potentially could be a tough one for Kansas in the second round. And then you look at the Sweet 16, Iowa has played really well lately. Um, They're awesome offensively, so, so defensively, but probably a team that's really underseeded at the five seed. Uh, So that could be a tough game for Kansas, you know, two, three-point favorite probably if they get to that point. But everything else, I mean, the first-round game, KU has the easiest game of the 16 seeds. Uh, The Elite Eight game, KU really got a favorite, either going to get Wisconsin uh, potentially or Auburn. And uh, those teams are You know, if you look at the overall quality of work, they are not as good as many of the other two seeds out there. So I just don't think Kansas could have asked for any better with this bracket. Doesn't mean crazy things can't happen. Doesn't mean Kansas won't or Kansas is not going to lose. It's just you look at these numbers and you're going to say, hey, they are the favorite to make out of the Midwest region. And this thing is not murderer's row like it has been some years.
0: I don't know if you guys got to watch the coverage because you were busy with press conferences and other things, The, the post bracket announcement coverage i don't know gary did you see any of it um no
2: no we were working so
0: yeah exactly I, I think i saw only jay billis had the jayhawks going through to the final four uh the other espn guys didn't and auburn seemed to be a the the, the consensus choice coming out of the region but whatever you know um, certainly the math doesn't favor kansas they've been a number one seed what let me get this right it's 12 times as a big 12 uh, school and then three more times back in the uh big eight year so a total of 15 times they've been a number one seed and going to the final four as a number one seed has happened is it just the one time um in 08 mm-hmm. so I gotta double check that but it, you know the, the the math in that regard certainly doesn't favor uh KU oh, 018 of course they were the they were the number one seed and beat Duke in Omaha so um uh, but they've gotten to the final yeah. fours, you know, as a two and uh, and, and other, uh, from other seeds. Famously, as a as a six in 1988. So you just never know. It's, it's, yeah. You just don't know. I you talk about a path that's you know could be set up for Kansas. I always think back to 2011. That's when they had Richmond in the Sweet 16 and VCU in the in the region championship game. I think in San Antonio, back where the the Midwest region is this year. And they got by Richmond, but couldn't couldn't beat VCU and Shaka Smart. So, you know, sometimes the best. And then in 08, that the final four path couldn't have been more difficult with uh, the last three games with the, the Davidson team with uh, with Steph, and and then you know top seeded North Carolina, top seeded Memphis in the final four, and and they got through that. So. It is all about matchups and sometimes you get them and sometimes you don't so.
1: yeah a couple of things but yeah i mean for one oh eight part of the reason they could go through that draw is that was super duper elite team i mean almost, i think we can all we, yeah. we can all agree that this kansas team has been playing well lately but they're not super duper elite so and and when i say favorite i mean they're the favorite among the 16 teams in their bracket or i guess 17 teams now that with the 16 seed there. But favorite, I'm looking at some of the odds here in the numbers, like favorite means 30%. You know, f- favorite means, you know, Kansas, if they would have got linked up with Kentucky would have been like 15% to make the final four, that sort of thing. So um, favorite doesn't mean, oh, hey, you're a one seed, you're 80% to make it. You absolutely are going to get there. That's what a bracket is. I mean, it's it's crazy. You know, you split up all those percentages among all these other teams that are pretty good. And 30% is about as good as you can hope for. So that's kind of what I'm speaking about with Kansas. You're kind of talking in degrees here math-wise. You know, I'm, I'm not saying K is greater than 50% to make the final four. That, that would be very inaccurate. But what I'm saying is things could have felt worse if Kansas had Houston in their bracket or if Kansas had Kentucky in their bracket or if they had one of those other teams, then obviously this would be a much t- tougher path. And this time of year, those little percentage points add up. So for Kansas to get this sort of draw, it, it is beneficial. It's definitely beneficial for uh, the future row that KU could have.
0: Yeah, and as you said, Jesse, it's um, it really is about the way Kansas has played this year, and and, and what you know what may lie ahead. Uh, Creighton is a better matchup for for KU than San Diego State, and I think Providence is a better game for Kansas than uh, than Iowa. The way the Hawkeyes have been playing, winning the Big Ten tournament, and Keegan Murray is you know just been on maybe the hottest player in the country the last few weeks, and um and i i don't auburn I, I just think auburn is um you know can, can be terrific final four good as they were a few years a couple of years ago and um but then you know it's just head shakingly inconsistent i mean missouri almost took down auburn in columbia earlier this year lost by one and um and and auburn this there's some holes in auburn's game this year just is there? you can say that for about anybody so
2: um and I think Wisconsin gets to play in Milwaukee and then Chicago if they win. I believe that'll be very comfortable for them. Yeah, with well, the site and the Cyclones are in the region as well. So
0: yeah. I think a potential second round game is Wisconsin, Iowa State, and in Milwaukee. And you would think, oh boy, that's that is big time advantage for the Badgers. But we know Iowa State fans had yeah. <laughs> to get into a building.
2: Yeah, I, tickets in Chicago uh, they should be. You know, happy. It's more of a pro tone, but even the people there will probably be pretty excited about that regional. Heck yeah. Maybe sell it out.
0: Oh, heck yeah. No, no doubt. Hey, speaking of which, and I just thought about this, I wanted to ask you about it. I was looking at attendance figures from the Big 12 tournaments, and um, they must have used turnstile count because none of the capacities were like in the 18,000 or 19,000 range. They were all 15 and 16,000. Did you guys see, I wasn't there at the arena, but did you guys see empty seats when, even when KU was playing?
2: I saw a few in the upper, upper levels. And uh, Bill self even had a comment about how he thought it was the worst attended um, tournament, but then he made a special point to praise Kansas city and, you know, how this is the best site, but self actually thought it was partly because of the weather. Remember uh, that first night was the night it was supposed to snow like mad. And it was so cold out, but as you know, Blair, that doesn't stop the fans, but uh, <clears throat> I didn't notice it that much. Maybe Jesse did, but self noticed it.
1: Yeah. Very top Um missing a few, but as Gary said, as Bill Self said, I mean, the weather was just crummy. It couldn't have been worse. So um, I definitely understand that part of it. And I think maybe a year from now too, the COVID thing will be even further behind us and everybody. So um, that still could be like lingering effects of that as well, but uh, really good, really good attendance. And Bill Self mentioned this, but if you're going to compare that to Dallas or Oklahoma city, it's just not a comparison Kansas city is, is the home and where it should be because it always gets supported like it does.
0: I bring it up only as a, you know, it's a source of pride for Kansas City. And you're right, Jesse, it is a there. you can't put it in a better place than T-Mobile Center. And uh, I, I was just a little bit surprised that it uh, was less in capacity, even for the championship game. Uh, I think they called it 16,000 or something um, and not the 18, 19,000. I, I brag to people all over the country. I think this is the best conference tournament going because of the atmosphere and. Uh, better than you know Madison Square Garden or you know Arch Madness in St. Louis and the Vegas tournaments. This you know the, the, it's and it's the best not only because of the quality of play but the way the fans support it. And um, and and every year you you, you see it jam packed for all the sessions, no matter who's playing. And it just it wasn't that way this year. So um, just a you know, thanks for satisfying my curiosity on this. Yeah. All right, listen, we're going to take a break uh, and I want to talk specifically about the Jayhawks and what they did at T-Mobile Center and how a couple of players uh, emerged from uh, that event. We'll be back in a minute. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back on SportsBeatKC talking Kansas basketball and the NCAA tournament. With Gary Bedore and Jesse Newell, they covered the Jayhawks for the Kansas City Star. Okay, so Kansas wins the Big 12 tournament um, uh, with championship game on Saturday. I thought it was a Im- pretty impressive run for for the Jayhawks, um, and they head into the tournament, into the NCAA tournament, as the number one seed with a with a head full of steam and um, and probably feeling better about. The way they're playing right now, then maybe at any point of the season. is that a stretch, gary to to suggest that um, that Bill Self and Kansas feel as good about their game right now as they have at any time?
2: I think so. I think from watching him, uh, those three games are all pretty pretty nice for k u Self has kept mentioning the defense is getting better to where. He had a good quote that said, uh, for the first time in a while, he thought when the opponent had the ball, KU was almost at an advantage. You know, he was so confident that they were going to get a stop. Uh, I thought they moved it so well on offense. The tech game was, was even, you know, tech's so hard to score against. But uh, Remy Martin looked like he could add an offensive threat scoring 10 or so i think he had 12. uh mitch lightfoot has been pretty good with that jump hook the bench looked a little bit better but uh and ochai continues to look like a guy that you know could lead could be your leader to greatness so i thought that uh from the eye test they looked really good that's you know compared to some of the other stretches of the season. Eat McCormack, he still has good offensive games, some mediocre to bad, but they look they look pretty good, like a true team, I thought.
0: So they 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 pretty much pound West Virginia in the first game. And they you know I I they were almost toying with a TCU team that had beaten them the previous what week or 10 days earlier. Um and and uh and there was Mitch Lightfoot out there knocking down a three-pointer in that game. That was the Mitch Lightfoot game. And then against Texas Tech, I thought they controlled the game for the most part. Tech obviously took a lead in the second half. Was It got up to 54-51, but, but back came Kansas and uh, ended up putting that game away in, in the final moments. So, impressive run. I... I really thought Tech was the second best team coming into the tournament. Even I would even have given them a little I would have favored them over Baylor just because they swept them during their regular season. Seemed to be a good matchup for, you know, against Baylor, but of course Baylor lost in the in, in the quarterfinals to OU and but it didn't hurt Baylor from getting a number 1 seed in the in the NCAA tournament. Jesse, what were the big developments uh, that you saw for Kansas in um, you know, in Kansas City over the weekend?
1: Well, I think the biggest one is the obvious one. And McDowell, Sam McDowell wrote about this. I wrote about a little bit earlier in the week um, after Katie's first game, but Remy Martin, Remy Martin, Remy Martin Um, fans have been calling for him to play for so long. And he's battled that knee injury. Hasn't looked like himself. Hasn't had that burst. Obviously he struggled with the playbook and he did so on Thursday's game. uh, The very first one, when he got extended minutes or a little bit extra minutes compared to what he had been getting, but man, (laughs) i tell you what, um, they look different when he's out there and, I still think they're probably, you know, I, I'm not dismissing Dewan Harris now. I mean, he's been amazing over the course of the last couple of weeks, too. He hasn't always scored. But if you look at his assisted turnovers and what he's able to provide and open up guys like Christian Brown and Ochai Abaji, who are dynamic scorers, Jalen Wilson now as well. I think he is a great glue guy and a great role player for this team and, and really effective when they have four other scorers on the court with him. But that's where Remy steps in. He can be one of his other four scorers. He can play off the ball when Dewan Harris is in there. And Bill Self mentioned this. It's so important. You know, it's something I referenced from the very beginning of the season. I think it's sort of when Bill Self had this in his mind before the season, trying to put these pieces together, I'm not sure he knew how Remy would fit in. I don't know if he knew he could corral the wild stallion and all those sorts of things uh, because Remy is kind of, up, down, up, down, you know, roller coaster. You don't really know what you're going to get. But what you saw against Texas Tech is when the defense is really good, like Texas Tech's number one ranked in the in the nation, and, and things are kind of getting stagnant, and you don't really know what to do or who to turn to, Remy can just do something off the dribble and go get you a bucket. And that's going to be important in the NCAA tournament. And it's always important in the NCAA tournament. You face good teams. You face good defenses. It's going to be tough. The crowd's going to be going wild. And this is not the Remy show. I mean, he doesn't need to take 25 shots a game for him. He doesn't need to do this sort of thing in the first half. But sometimes you need a dude to just go out there and get you two or go out there and get you three. And that's what Remy can do. And so he brought a different dimension to this Kansas team. I think you mentioned a good point, Blair, with Mitch Lightfoot. Uh, He's been sort of – You know, completely honest, he's been a weak leak for Kansas um, for the course of this season. He hasn't been probably deserving of the minutes that Bill Self gave him, but yet he played two of his best games in the Big 12 tournament. Um, Self says he should be good with his knee injury to go moving forward. He's day to day at this point, but that was a positive development. But the biggest development was Remy Martin because the dynamic of this team changes if he's able to play like he did in uh, the tournament in Kansas City. So if that happens, then all of a sudden Kansas might have a little bit more – you know, a little bit more boost offensively than they had a week ago. Remy certainly
0: is an interesting guy. He was the preseason player of the year in the Big 12. Um, I think that was a function of media types who vote on this, not exactly knowing who the best player of the Big
1: 12 was going to be going into the season. So, just real quick, real quick, Blair. Uh, AP has not voted on that, so that was a coach's pick. So coach's I, just, pick. I just want to give the uh, the, the credit blame to the uh, the correct authorities here.
0: Any anytime you can do that and uh, shove it onto the coaches, I, uh, that <laughs> a, that's welcome development. Um, but that, well, I, I think that it, it still speaks to the uncertainty of what was returning in the Big Twelve this year, and or not and, and not buying into Ochai Abaji as you know as the player he became, right? The unanimous. Big 12 player of the year. Remy is an interesting guy. He, you know, he plays with a kind of a herky jerkiness to him. I don't know if it's indecision or, or what, but some, it's just, sometimes he, you know, it, it's somebody who you could tell hasn't been in the bill self system for several years, right? Cause he, he, he doesn't a hundred percent seem to know what to do on the floor. So, so sometimes he just puts his head down and goes to the basket or he takes a, you know, attempts a three-pointer early in the, earlier in the shot clock, I think Bill Self would like, but he is effective. Uh, he is effective. I don't know what his plus minus totals are uh, when he's on the floor, but I suspect they were pretty good from Saturday and, uh, or, yeah, from the championship game. And you can tell that that Bill has trust in him because he, you know, his, his minutes, you know, his minutes increased and uh, and I think Bill used the Big 12 tournament to to see what he has in a healthy, you know, Remy Martin at this time of the year. So uh, I do th- I, I agree with you, Jesse. I, I think he changes the the dynamic and maybe the upside of this team when you get the best of him on the floor. Um, so let's let's talk about a couple other guys. Let's let's a little bit more on Mitch Lightfoot. Were my eyes deceiving me? Was he shooting that uh, you know that hook from? little farther out than I'm, I'm used to seeing it, you know, more like 10 feet than, you know, than, than at the basket. I, I just don't, and he, and both hands I, left-handed and right-handed. He was, you know, he looked like he was going over each shoulder. And uh, did I, did I see that right?
1: I think most of it, um, you know, shell Shellett says this bill self says this he's he's over left shoulder, right. Jump hook. And I look up the numbers uh, midway through the big 12 tournament. And, Post-up opportunities for Synergy Synergy Sports Technology, they track the analytics of all post players across the country, but with, with guys with at least 40 possessions of post-up attempts. Number one in the nation is Keegan Murray on points for possession from Iowa. All American first team, maybe you know, a candidate for player of the year. Number two in the nation, Mitch Lightfoot, Kansas. So he, he doesn't take a lot of them, but as you know, Fran has talked about, as Bill Tell's talked about, you practice that shot for six years you're going to get good at it. And, and, and Mitch has gotten really good at it. I think what really has made it good for Mitch is that he understands what, where his bread is buttered. And he's sort of, he's sort of the anti-Remy in that way. Like he knows not to force anything that isn't his shot. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to take left hooks a bunch of the time. He's not going to go over his right shoulder. He's not going to force something up if he's double teamed because he knows his role and he understands it through six years, with Bill Self. So uh, yeah, like I guess Mitch probably had his best weekend. He has been the weak link for Kansas because athletically he does not give them the same thing defensively or offensively that some of the other guys like KJ Adams and Zach Clements have, at least in their limited minutes, but it was a good weekend for him. And if he is fully healthy, um, that's kind of an uptick as a positive for Kansas at this point in the season. Bill Self has options though, uh, if that doesn't work or if Mitch is not full strength.
0: Yeah. Gary, how about that health of Mitch life, but what's the latest on his knee?
2: Uh, Like Jesse said, self said that he's day to day. He uh, has a sprained knee and uh, he sounded like he probably wouldn't wouldn't practice much this week. Give the reps to KJ Adams and Clements and have Mitch rehab. But uh, self acts like, you know, he said Mitch Lightfoot will do all everything possible to play. And I I heard from some people who saw him yesterday that he, he seemed a lot better than he was after the game, that he was pretty optimistic and all that. So, uh, that I would guess he probably won't practice much this week. So he's probably already mastered that hook and all he needs to do now is make sure the knee is okay. But, uh, I don't sprained knee sounds bad to me, but. Uh, judging from the way Self was talking and acting, it didn't seem like he was too worried.
0: Tell you what, with a couple of more buckets, I think he would have made the all-tournament team.
2: Yeah, after two games he was a sentimental choice and a realistic choice. The third game got hurt, only two points. I don't know if he got a rebound, but, uh, because McCormack had a good game.
0: Right, had a double-double in that one. So, all right. So let me, Jesse, let me ask you this. Let, let's just assume, um, you know, Kansas wins the opener against Corpus Christi or Texas Southern and, you know, itself is able to play a lot of guys, a lot give a lot of guys a lot of minutes. Uh, when things tighten up on Saturday in the uh, in the second round game, how would you project minutes to go among the the guard? Let's just say Dwan Harris, uh, Remy Martin, and I'd, I'd even throw uh, Joseph Yesifu in there as well. Um, when it comes to a rotation in the NCAA tournament, uh, does he uh, does he substitute on mistakes as quick as quickly as he you know as he has, or does he does he let you know Remy or or Harris you know does he let him go or how how, do you, how would you predict it?
1: So uh, you know I would still say Don Harris is the man uh, for Kansas at that spot. He's going to get a lot of minutes, uh, even if he you know uh, has had. Or had a rougher game in the championship game against Texas Tech. He's been kind of, Bill Self has labeled him as money in the bank. So you don't go away from money in the bank that quickly. The good news about Remy Martin and Joseph Yesifu, and this is kind of what Self has gotten back to lately with Remy Martin getting healthy, is that KU can play two of those combo guards together. And if you remember the beginning of the season, that's what they started with. They started with Dewan Harris and Remy Martin starting and Jalen Wilson on the bench because of his early season suspension. And um, you have to go back in the stories of the time, but this is absolutely true. For a while, KU's starting lineup then was one of the best in the nation. Like they were getting off hot starts against every team. We were writing about that. Like, hey, KU is starting well in every single game. Then they go to the bench and it's kind of a little bit of a drop off. Uh, so I think that's the positive for Remy Martin and Joseph Yesifu is that to get in, they don't have to be the point guard. And Bill Self, you know, Gary mentioned this, talked so much about his team dictating defensively more um, you know, later in these games, creating more habit, creating more steals. Part of that is getting those two combo guards in the lineup. I mean, Remy Martin makes Dewan Harris a better defender. Joseph Yesifu makes Dewan Harris a better defender because that's two guys really getting after the basketball that can guard and, and get after people and really pester them. And you saw Kansas kind of do some, Uh, just a little bit of a full court, not trying to get steals, but just kind of try to bother teams, you know, make them take six or seven seconds to get up the court. And then you have a shorter time period to guard when you are in the half court. So, you know, I'd still expect to want Harris to get majority of the minutes. I think Remy Martin, as you mentioned, has gained more trust with Bill self, but you know, probably somewhere in the 15 to 20 minute range. If I had to project it right now, if he's good, you keep him out there. If he's not, you can put him on the bench. And Joseph Yessi was probably in the, you know, eight to 10 minute range somewhere in there. Um, Same sort of thing. You know, if he's playing really well, where you need a defensive matchup, then he can get more. But I I'd still expect DeWan Harris to be that sort of stabilizing presence that he's been for Kansas throughout this course of this year. But the good news for Bill Self is that right now he has options and he has different weapons he can go to based off of the matchup and what Kansas needs on a particular game. So I think that has to be encouraging for him at this point. Jesse, I know you've written about this a couple of times,
0: and, and I see it the more I see Kansas play, comparing this team to the 18 uh, Final Four team, I went back and looked at a couple of uh, stats and even some highlights from that 18 team and the run that it made. That, that team was phenomenal. Three point, shoot, three point shooting, just phenomenal. Um, and then the fact that, the you know, the, the one-year player and Malik Newman um, made a, made a huge difference for, for them in the, you know, in the postseason with the, his play in the big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. It seems like this team doesn't shoot the three as well, but, they're they're kind of in that mode, aren't they?
1: Yeah. So the the comparison I was making then was kind of even a further step back, which was a team that outscores a lot of its problems, a team that is better offensively than defensively, and a team that plays four around one. So that those sorts of comparisons, to be completely honest, you know, Kansas, the steps it's made in the last couple of weeks probably has put themselves a little bit better than that 2018 team, uh, just with what they've done. Because now defensively, they are better than that team. They moved up to 29th. Uh, in the adjusted uh, adjusted efficiency rankings at Ken Palm. I think that 08 team still ranks somewhere in the 40s, if I remember right, somewhere around there, uh, 47. So, yeah, I mean, for, for Kansas, that's sort of what I'm talking about. And you're right, they they score in different ways. This Kansas team in the half court is really dangerous with two pointers. Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, Remy Martin now, um, you know, they can all get to the basket, get off the dribble. And then Dave McCormick, you know, he, he does his thing inside, isn't the most isn't the greatest two-point shooter KU's had at the basket, but he gets his free throws and makes almost all those. Um, so that's that's kind of the comparison for me with that. But a team that at certain moments um, is going to have to outscore its problems, and they do that in transition too, as well as anybody. I mean, so if, if that 2018 was threes, I absolutely agree with you, Blair. This year's team is transition and then driving for twos and half court sets. So um, different ways to get at the offense, but similar ways in how they're winning basketball games. And uh, Bill Self likes the way his defense is playing, but yeah, he, he knows his team is built on offense, and that's how they're going to make a final four if they do.
0: Okay, so it's Kansas against the winner of Tuesday night's game, playing game between uh, Texas a and Corpus Christi and Texas Southern. Uh, the jayhawks will play uh, that, that game will be thursday scheduled to start uh, tip at eight fifty-seven p.m Eight fifty-seven p.m games tend not to start on time they're the last game of the day in that arena and i've seen uh, i've seen those games start as late as 9 15 9 20. i hope that's not the case for you guys or for anybody who's um who's got to work on friday morning but Great conversation, as always, with two guys that cover the Jayhawks uh, like nobody else, Jesse Newell and Gary Bedore. Thank you, guys, and we'll talk to you again from Fort Worth. Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to Beat Writer's Jesse Newell and Gary Bedore for sharing their College Hoops knowledge and a shout-out to our production team of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Hey, you know how I started my day? By reading the Stars E-Edition. There were 62 pages of sports coverage today. took me more than an hour to get through it all. It comes with your subscription to the Star. Go to KansasCity.com to check out the subscription offers. It's never not a busy time in sports, but these days are especially hectic. March Madness, NFL free agency. What are the Chiefs gonna do? Royal Spring Training Games begin Friday. Sporting KC and the Kansas City Current are underway. Follow the coverage of all these teams in the Kansas City Star. Hey, thanks for listening and we will talk again soon.